What is good, Divine Dolls? Listen, what a day. <laughs> I'm still trying to catch up. I still have to upload my two trading journals, um, one for yesterday, one for today. Um, they were both in profit, but I just haven't gone around to it, and maybe that's okay, right? Maybe that's okay. So as you're going to see on the thumbnail, I'm not sure what I want to do for the for the title yet. Um, I haven't listened to it in its entirety, but there are key points in the video where I'm like, oh, this sounds good. Oh, I want to share this with the girls. Oh, I'm definitely sharing this with the girls. And so I'm at the six minute and eight second mark. Um, it's an 11 minute video. So I'm going to go ahead and start it from the top. It is a delicate topic. It is nuanced. Um, I think as much as it talks about politics, I don't want us to get stuck in the nitty gritty of politics as much as we revisit some of the things that have to do with our mind. I'm going to try to play out as much as possible and then come back with my thoughts. But sometimes I think I'm going to challenge myself to see if I can play it out first and then say what I need to say because there are some things that I do want to address. Um, but yeah, so let's just go ahead and run it from the top. And just so you have an idea, this is they're talking about a um, young lady that is switching over from the Democratic Party to the Republican Party. And I find it interesting the reasons why. I do kind of want to understand if he's doing this because this is what black males are doing. And in some senses, it feels like it would benefit black men more. But because of some one key thing that she said, I kind of feel like she's she's maybe having a more balanced approach to it. And so... um. Yeah, let's let's just jump into it. I really wish that this is one of those moments where I wish I had like dialogue and y'all were in the chats and let's just letting me know what you think, if you agree, if you disagree, why. Um, and again, I think let, let, let me just encourage you not to. It is talk about political parties, but I want to explore the mindset behind the switch for her and the mindset for the rest of us. OK, so let's go. Oh, and another, I'm just going to go out all right say too, I'm not a fan of Judge Janine. <laughs> so when I tell you, if you want to hear when she's talking, it's the one that sounds like a man. But anyways, let me get going. Your wake up call for the left, a Georgia Democrat tearing into her party's slide into extreme liberal policies after she switched sides to be a Republican. She said in a tweet, quote, I didn't leave the Republican, the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party left me when it embraced left-wing radicalism, lawlessness, and put the interest of illegal aliens over the interest of Americans. I and I think that's an important thing for women, as black women, to consider, too. Um, the interest of illegal aliens. You've kind of heard my little snide remarks here and there, sprinkled in over... Um, over some podcasts and stuff, but I think that's something that we need to kind of revisit and think about. I, I'm just going to go ahead and say it while it's on the tip of my tongue, because I do talk a lot about how for black women, we are always extending the olive branch, right? And it's not always reciprocated. And it's been on my mind. I've wanted to say this for a while, but I don't want any of my black women listeners to feel obligated to have to extend the olive branch. I absolutely re uh, respect, um, believe it or not, the darker side or the karmic side of things. And you kind of have to have the people and the black women that are not going to extend that olive branch because it calls for that other party to 
respect them, right? And so, but there are some people who are just going to stay extending the olive branch and I acknowledge it and I feel like that's more of my natural inclining. But at the same time, I'm actually becoming a little bit more reserved because like I said, it's not being reciprocated. And because of the journey I went through, I think on self-love, you get to a point where you understand unrequited love is not healthy. And so it spills over into other areas. I'm not going to be a consumer and a purchaser and engaging with things, people, places, politics, policies, legislation, laws, companies, workplaces, service providers that are not going to return that in my favor. And that's hence part of the reason why I left the church. How is it I'm going to be going into church and it's mostly comprised of of women, but you're not addressing domestic violence and you're not you know, addressing poverty in the, in the community and, or other, among other things too. So, um, as far as the legal aliens thing, I know it's a difficult conversation. I understand the woman that has that Eve gene where it's kind of like everyone is our children. We gave birth to all these, you know, across the board. And so we are brothers and sisters um, but let me tell you this. Let me tell you this real quick. What was it that I was watching the other day? I want to say it was a news clip. Um, oh, no, it actually happened to me. It actually happened to me. <laughs> um, I was in a setting where I had to, in, you know, just engage with some people. And I noticed, you know, for whatever it's worth, I live in a predominantly... Caucasian neighborhood, but we have an influx of um, of Hispanic, you know, neighbors, and that's when you heard. You know, every once in a while, they will turn up until nine o'clock at night. Okay, who cares about city ordinances? But whatever. But um, but and so. The white person at least acknowledged me. Now, the whole time, have their whole American, I know what time of day it is. You know, I'm aware of where I live. And I'm aware that this person's probably an innate racist. And were it not that I was in their neighborhood, they probably would shred me a new one. So I was distinctly aware of what I was dealing with. Right? And so she was talking to me and I was like, hello, hi, ma'am. How you doing? I hope you're having an amazing day. It's a lovely day. I hope you find your parakeet. Her parakeet had flown away and she wanted me to help her find her parakeet. And I was like, ma'am, I'm walking my dog. If I see it, I'll let you know. I hope you find it. I wish you all the best. So continue on my walk. And then there was this Hispanic family, but they're not acknowledging you. They're not going to talk to you. And in some senses, they're just as you know, like when you talk about even acknowledging, but those are like little, um, the thing about the West coast is that they're not going to, it's, it's, um, they'll smile to your face, but if you better believe if I'm walking into her workplace, into, um, her place of business or, you know, seeking employment or anything like that, that level of respectability is not there. Whereas I think like with white people, sometimes, you know, um, they, it, it's a very, very nuanced conversation, but I'm saying that to say, like, don't let it fool you. And so when you start to talk about, um, they're not coming in here 
with the most respect for black people in general and or even black women, right? And a lot of the times us women will fight. We're the ones who are the voice for things. We're the heart and the voice. And then many times the muscles and the, the capes and the boots for equal rights, equal opportunities, human rights, human, you know, justice and civil rights and stuff like that. And they're not coming over here. They will tread on those, you know, there, there's a out here in my community. If you walk a little bit, you might see those do not tread on me flags. Those do not tread on me flags. Well, let me tell you something, sugar. <laughs> These illegal, Ill- illegal aliens. They will tread the fuck over your rights and over your opportunities and don't give a damn. I'm just saying, okay? Um, they will absolutely tread TF out of you and not give a fuck, okay? Um, and so that's not across the board, but it comes to like if they will outright fight you for jobs that you should be able to have. It's to the point where my niece is in her second year of Spanish. And I told her, baby girl, make sure we're going to talk to the school counselor. She's starting school in a couple weeks. Make sure you're taking your three and four and we need to get her into some type of immersion to where she is bilingual. Because um, there's it's at the point where you're having to compete. Thankfully, my parents taught me Spanish um, and I was I can speak it. I can get around if I need to. You know, I, I don't know. I remember uh, one time my dad was talking about how this this student told him he wanted jalapenos. And he was like, jalapenos? What are jalapenos? Jalapenos and stuff like that, right? But um, so, and so that helped me a lot too because I would be at work and in some of the, the, the um, departments that I was in, it was predominantly Hispanic people. But if they needed to get something done, they would send them to talk to me. And sometimes I was that person that was, you know, translating for them. And and sometimes I would get it on the call and you just have to be able to just pop into the Spanish. And so I have to make sure that for my niece, it's the same thing too. My mom took us to Costa Rica for one year and it forced us to have to speak Spanish and that forced immersion. So I think we're going to have to do that with her too, because I'll be damned if you're going to have, you know, and it's one thing if they come here seeking opportunity, I guess, listen, we're just, I'm just going to send your eyebrows off. We're at the 27 second mark. Okay. But we're going to get through this and it's going to be a hell of a long video. You're welcome to, or, or a podcast, but I'll be damned if she's going to come here and then have to have them discriminate her against her and not hire her. She has education. She's a 3.8 GPA student and there's no way on this Ooh, I was about to say something. <laughs> On this goddess green earth that she's going to be excluded out of opportunities because she doesn't speak Spanish. So that is something that I'm very intentional and deliberate about making sure that she can do that. And I think that I, even when you talk about the illegal um, alien things, I've talked about how even the county that I'm in, it's and I, I hate it. But at the same time, y'all, can you kind of can you kind of at least trust my heart? But it's like they're not sending their brightest and their best here in terms of like um, when you talk about the crime rates out here, I do talk about what happens in the black community. But when I tell you there's a race to the bottom, 
Oh, baby, there's a race to the bottom. They're out here toe-tagging and toe-tagging, marking and practicing domestic violence to the same levels, if not worse, than than the Black community. Complete race to the bottom. So... And you do have some, you know, at the end of the day, you start to understand that not all groups are monolithic. So with that being said, I think it's important for black women to understand, too, that it's age of Aquarius is about not being monolithic. It's about being very individual. There's another podcast I want to do that I want to talk about how we're it's a privilege. You know, like we are pre clone. And yet at the same time, a lot of us do clone. And I'll, I'll do a separate podcast on that because we are in a beautiful point in time where I'm, you're never going to get another replica of me. I think that a lot of us get surgeries and we do our hair and, and faces and act and demeanors a certain way. And that's no different than artificial intelligence, just generating the same model over and over and over and over. And we're not going to be able to have a change until we're able to actually, I don't think that there'll be another explosion in AI until you're able to go back to variables where now you can have robots that they're robots, but they all look different, sound different, you know, in every way, shape and form. Like we don't really celebrate how individual we are. So with that being said, I think that this is more so about understanding that we don't have to be monolithic. We don't all have to have groupthink. We are allowed to break out of the mold, right? Um, so yeah, 27 seconds in. Let's go ahead and keep playing this. I have nothing to apologize. Let me go back a little bit. Republican, the Democrat Party, the Democrat Party left me when it embraced left-wing radicalism, lawlessness, and put the interest of illegal aliens over the interest of Americans. I have nothing to apologize for. Georgia State Representative Misha Maynard is now the first black Republican woman to ever serve in the Georgia General Assembly. And get this, she represents one of the bluest parts of the state. The newly minted Republican delivering a message for black Americans voting for Democrats. The Democrat Party has not been focusing on black Americans for quite a while now. Let me just say this real quick. The Democratic Party has not been in support of black people, period. Okay. And I also mean to include that specifically black women. Um, But neither has the Republican Party. I'm not going to spend too much time on this other than to say, go back and look at my, listen to my old podcast on Protect Black Men and Boys Act. I think it's disgusting that the Republican Party put together that act and there's 13 ancillary um, supporting laws that, that they're working to push forward. And they and I don't know why they decided to split black men from women and black girls. So that is complete bullshit. I, I'm just going to call it for what it is. Um, but at the same time, the Democratic Party doesn't have anything for black women and girls either. So it's 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 a delicate situation. Um, I don't know if I get a chance, I can just email her and at least give her my thoughts. She's out in Georgia, but for whatever it's worth, you know, those are some of the things that I think, you know, 
do concern me because why would you because even when there's the talks with ice cube and those women were talking to him absolutely it deserved to be addressed and i think that sometimes um there's so much ego involved that, and 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 oh my god okay so y'all the 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 podcast i want to do after this one i actually pulled it off the airwaves and i'm gonna re-release it and i'm going to ha- add a little bit of context to it or pretext to it because um in that podcast, it's going to be titled Left-Handed White Males Are Better. I might switch the title, but um, I go into the XX chromosome, XXY chromosomes and XYY chromosomes. Um, sorry, that was my water bottle in case you're driving and you heard that pop. Yeah, that was my water bottle. Um, scared the bejesus out of me. So, but... And the level of aggressiveness and and that type of stuff in life uh, expectancy, emotional intelligence. And so Princella Clark talks about how in order to be a leader, you have to understand it's one. And so it speaks to um, emotional intelligence. And so if you're ego based and and these women are trying to tell um, Ice Cube that there is a problem and if you are looking at the Republican Party who went out of its way to separate black women and and black men by having a and I have the podcast you can go back and I give the it's on on congress.gov you can go and look up the articles yourself and there's 13 ancillary um, laws to it meanwhile black women have nothing from Republican or Democratic Party not a one okay why would they go and split it to where it's protect black men and boys when you talk about America's darlings you know I do have a podcast that's titled America's darlings as well too you can go listen to that one to kind of expand about it so how is he how is he and other people like him supposed to represent if we are expressing to you hey this is a problem. And I think that they were legitimized in addressing that problem, right? So let me go back a little bit. Has not been focusing on black Americans for quite a while now. Um, we cannot say that we care about people in marginalized communities if we want to keep them suppressed and oppressed. Um, one of the things that bothered me the most is when I would ask them, why are we doing this? Why is it okay for kids to not be able to read? Their response to me was, we've got to give them hope. And so this was when it started to kind of be a little bit of a concern to me because it's the boys that are the ones that have the hard time with the comp- the um, fourth grade comprehension levels. And it has to do with that's the time the testosterone starts to kick in and their brains are formed a different way. That being said, y'all are going to want to listen to my next podcast because even there's a difference between the different types of XYs. And I'm going to go over some of the articles that I found, even though it was late at night. And so are there some XYs that can... um, get pushed past that comprehension level? Yes, it has to do with their Y chromosome and the length of the Y on their um, on their chromosomes. And also, some of them can have XXY chromosomes and some of them can have XYY chromosomes. And so it can push you more to what, you know, if, if you have XXY chromosome, then you're not more likely to succumb to what testosterone does to your to you and to your mind and the way that you think and approach things. So th- remember, I've been curious as to how come some men are able to be like successful and 
Um, yeah, you're going to want to go to it too because sometimes I was, somebody implied that, inferred that it might be by race, but I, I'm, um, I don't have a lot of research to back that up right now, right? So that concerned me too because to a certain degree, this is more she's looking at the prison, the school to prison pipeline, but this affects boys. And, and so it made me wonder if she was copying more of kind of like what black men are saying and using their talking points. Um, I know I've been hearing a lot of black males say that, oh, black women, this, that, and the third, they destroyed the vote, da, 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 da. And it's because black women vote democratic. And I've talked about this in another podcast too, but there are studies that show that women, period, are going to vote according to whoever the the male is in the house. White women do it. Black women do it. Hispanic women do it. So um, if black men are voting Democratic, black women are voting Democratic. And so, um, but I think that if you do decide to make the switch, then, you know, kind of you have um, something to think about, right? I'm not the biggest buyer in of politics, I think that the best thing I can do is take autonomy of my life and make sure that, you know, like my major concentration is my niece and make sure that she's self-sufficient and she can thrive in a democratic, um, you know, under the rule of the Democratic Party or Republican Party. So those are my thoughts. Let me go back a little bit because she's talking about the school to prison pipeline. And it does kind of low key bother me too. Um, I haven't heard everything, like I said again too, but if anybody's going to benefit, it's going to be black males. And the thing is, is like, they're probably going to bash her more than anything else. She would have a much better chance if she were to approach the Republican party and say, Hey, I noticed you have something for protect the black men and boys. Let's put something on the table for protect the black women and girls. Let's make sure that they have businesses and or, you know, something that's a little bit more all encompassing. Why are we doing this? Why is it okay for kids to not be able to read? Their response to me was, we've got to give them hope. In response, I would say, since when is a lie hope? If you really care about black people, the black people that are elected need to do something about the issues for the... And I agree about that because we've been taking a look at what's been happening with black leadership, right? So we look at Jim Clyburn, who is in one of the poorest um, districts in the United States, and he is anti-reparations. We've looked at Clarence Thomas, you know, and him downvoting affirmative action and stuff, and we've been griping about how these black males that are in leadership and that are in politics don't represent us. They are not advocating for us and to put us in a in a better position. All the other communities do it. The Asian community got their anti anti Asian discrimination act. We don't know not one of their names, but you better believe that their community got behind them, sponsored them, endorsed them, and they went and lobbied where they needed to and quiet it was kept, they got stuff done. But for some reason, we are not able to do that. And I think that I I do commend her for being proactive. Black people that they represent. Scott, how does this work? Commercial. Longest three seconds ever.
Pretty incredible, Dana. I, I know that she was on your show this yeah. morning. And, you know, here you have a woman who uh, is going against her party, and she's doing so at great risk, at great political risk, too, because of the uh, the area that she's from in terms of re-election. Right. Her district, President Biden won the district she represents by 89 percent. Right. So there's an election coming up next year in that district, and we'll see what she's able to do. What I love about it is that she doesn't care. If she's not reelected, she'd like to win again because she's trying to be persuasive and to get people to change their minds. Uh, the first two things she said that were important to me when I heard her this morning is she said education and crime. So we've been talking a lot about that, especially since the National Report Card came back two weeks ago with the abysmal results. And I think that what she's trying to explain to people, and I would suggest when she's talking about them, put some real numbers to this. Because if you are unable to read and write, and do math at a grade level in eighth grade. Your chances of going to jail, not graduating high school, not being able to get a job are so high. For, and so, you know, this is going to benefit males. I mean, I'm not, I'm going to, I think this is my thing because I don't, I'm in a place where I don't need black men to be like, oh, she hates black men. I, at this point, I, I have so many other things I'm focusing on that I just, whatever. My concern is this is not our first rodeo. This is not our first spin around the block. I already can tell you what's going to happen, okay? She's going to run. She's going to um out here fighting for them to get a better education and to fight crime and get them more resources and probably prison reform, zero bail reform. And those are going to be the same black men that are either going to toe tag her, bash her, and talk shit about her. So I just, you know... I wish her all the best, and but at the same time, it's just I already kind of know how this is gonna play out, and it's not. It, I think that this is what how it's gonna happen. Black women are gonna vote for her because we want to root for her. Black women to black women, right? Black men are not gonna vote for her, even though they're the ones that are more likely to benefit from her being out here with her cape and her boots on for stuff that's gonna benefit them. So let's give you a couple. In unemployment, people without a high school diploma at 10% compared to 4% with people that do have a high school diploma. We're not even talking college here. Mm -hmm. And so we have school districts, entire school districts, I think in L.A. County, they, they cannot get eighth graders to a position where they can actually read and write. So what does that mean? <laughs> they put on the, uh, the system for benefits, but also jails. So if you want to reduce jails, one of the best ways to do it is to focus on K through 12. I think that she will... Is so well spoken that if she decides to have more of a prominent position in the Republican Party, she will do that. Oftentimes, people who switch parties are even more strongly convicted than the people who have been there for a long time. And I thought she was really gracious this morning. I thought she was great, too. I saw her this morning. Um, you know, one of the things that she said, Harold, was that she was crucified. She said, as I said earlier, that the Democrat Party abandoned her. Here's a woman who put... Um, I believe her. When she says the Democratic Party abandoned her, I believe her. Absolutely. But I don't think she's going to have it any better on the Republican side. But I'm definitely going to keep an eye on this. and I'm definitely going to be rooting for her. Absolutely. Because she mirrors the change that I want to see. Um... And not staying stuck in a in a rut, and we'll see how far this goes, and where it takes her. You know, 
she refused to put unions in front of children and education. She refused to put communities, uh, you know, against the defund the police. I mean, she has some very strong feelings. So this is the part, you know, this is at the three minute and 57 second mark. And I'm like, okay, it's that moment. I'm like, yeah, I want to share this with my girls. And so here it is. She's addressing the what's going on, all the malarkey and stuff with the with the fourth grade comprehension reading levels and whatnot and how that will benefit boys and males and whatever. But I like that she's also kind of like, I like the phrase refund the police. I've been talking about that a lot in the sense of like, do we do does the Leos or law enforcement officers, do they have bad apples? Yes, absolutely. And we need to address that. But we don't have another infrastructure like when you talk about um, things that go bad in our community, like if I didn't want to call the police, right, who who can I go to in my community to be like, hey, this person stole my car and it's not like they're going to bring him and deal with him and make him be, bring, give me back my car. We don't have that system. So we are. Oh, my gosh. Excuse me. I've been drinking cold water. Y'all. And I did, this is going to be a long podcast. I'm pretty sure you already saw the time on there. But um, this is where dominant society comes in and they're kind of like trying to figure stuff out in amongst their their mess. And so I think a couple of podcasts right before this one, I talked about how I don't remember the, the state or the city that it was, but how the law enforcement out there is starting to target the actual pimps. They're actually um, going after the people that are the, the actually the masterminds behind the human trafficking. And that works so much better than us going after the women that they have subjugated and or the, the, you know, the fathers and husbands and baby daddies that are out here, you know, soliciting um, the, those those services and stuff like that. So this is where I was like, yeah. I can get behind this because she gets it. She understands that defunding the, po- the police is not a um, solution. So that means that it's possible that she might not necessarily um, be one of those people that's kind of like, oh, well, you know, let's have zero bail reform, you know, to, uh, system or, you know, if if they do the crime, they do the time. So... I mean, do you see yourself in that same party where you have those same feelings of, of putting community ahead of unions, making sure the communities are safe as opposed to defunding police? I, I won't. I won't. Per, first of all, I, I, I salute this this young woman for uh, for doing what I think every public servant should do. You, you... I'm sorry, y'all. My parents make fun of me all the time because I just pick up on accents and I just pick up on the little twang and the little way that they say things. And it's just like his accent is it's very subtle, you know. Usually I pull a little bit more twang, but yeah, this his accent's just a little bit more subtle for Fox News. All right, I'll let you guys get back to your regularly scheduled program. Where the communities are safe as opposed to defunding police. I, I won't. I won't. Per, first of all, I, I I salute this this young woman for uh, for doing what I think every public servant should do. You you serve your constituents and you serve your conscience. And uh, that may require you to leave your party at times, to vote against your party at times. Uh, she should be no more penalized for supporting uh, uh, ways, thinking more creatively and innovatively about how we educate kids that have been left behind 
And I, when, again, we're talking about like even in an age where you juxtapose that to Clarence Thomas, he's a complete coward. His whole career has demonstrated to him being a coward. And he didn't have the balls to stand up against the other judges and be like, hey, I got here because of this um, affirmative action. I cannot turn my back on the upcoming generation who need it and you know, we, it's not like they're in a much better place than when he got employed under the same circumstances and things that he benefited, benefited from. So it takes courage for you to go against the grain. But the only way we're going to have progress is to be innovative. And that means you have to be willing to go against the grain. <clears throat> uh, she should be no more penalized for supporting uh, uh, ways thinking more creatively and innovatively about how we educate kids that have been left behind um, than a Republican who votes for common sense gun safety laws. You should be allowed to vote for what you want to vote for and not have your party uh, trash you. She took the step, an extraordinary step, to say, you know what, I no longer want to be a Democrat. Voters in that district will have an opportunity to weigh in here. But I don't like litmus tests, Judge. I think no party should apply a litmus test. The only litmus test you should apply uh, is what voters in that district want. And she's standing up uh, for students, for kids in her district, for families who want safer neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. And if you read that whole statement, she obviously has a point of difference with Democrats on immigration as well. So mm -hmm. I salute her and uh, salute her for standing up for what she believes in, for serving her constituents, her conscience, and we'll see where, where this takes her in terms of an election. You know, Jesse, a recent poll found that 72% of Americans, uh, of voters, believe that improving K-12 through education is a top priority and should be a top priority for state lawmakers. I mean, you know, we see Glenn Youngkin kind of around the edges once in a while. Is, is that like a, a setup for Glenn Youngkin to jump into this race? I don't see room for Yunkin right now. He has a future. Now is not that. I don't know who this is, so I'm going to skip Republicans ahead. Republicans need to reach out to blacks more. They need to reach out to Hispanics more and Asians more. Would you like to hear the Jesse Waters black outreach plan? Let me oh. write this down. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to write this down. Go for it. Number one, the Republican Party has to remind everyone that the Republican Party fought to free the slaves. That tells the truth about the history of this country, and it puts the Democrats in a very awkward position. I would encourage black Americans to leave the cities. These cities, the air is not clean, mm. the quarters are cramped, mm. there's crime. Mm. Get some fresh air. You can go to Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, Colorado. You can get cheap land, you get a beautiful house, and what comes with that I'll tell you what comes with that. Better health. You're walking, you're outside, it's cleaner, you, you know, there's no violence around there. I can't even disagree with him, y'all, because I, I, every contentious bone in my body right now just wants to like, just be like, sir, I can't disagree with him. I don't know him from Adam or Steve, but I can't disagree with him. He said, get out in this, I don't know about Colorado. Um... But the point is, you know, if you can, you know, leave Blackistan, basically is what he's saying. And better schools are out there. You're not in these inner city public schools. Hmm. You also have access to guns. They won't let you have a gun in Philly. They won't let you have a gun in New York. It's almost impossible to do that so hmm. you can exercise your Second Amendment. Hmm. And then you hit the schools, obviously, school choice. But lean into Christ. 
because black Americans are very religious. They don't. <laughs> you know, and I think if 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 I had heard him say this, like, kid you not, like maybe even two weeks ago, or maybe even a month or two ago, I would have scoffed at him. But again, I've been listening to Princella, and she talked about how religion is more so for the male because they need guiding rules and principles and they need to be regulated. She she does a play on the words called commandments, right? Com commands for men, commandments, right? And so under that pretext, yeah, maybe some of these men do need to be taught like morals and values. The only thing is that it doesn't necessarily fare well for women. Like the only verse these men will be able to decide is about how the woman is supposed to be subjugated. But they're not going to tell you like, keep the Sabbath, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not lie. I think I remember, yeah, I remember Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all that work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath, the Lord thy God, and that thou shalt not do any work. Thou and thy son and thy daughter, nor thy man servant, nor thy maid servant, nor the cattle that is in thy she in thy in thy whatever because on the se seventh day the Lord what is it made the 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 seventh day the um Lord blessed the day and hallowed it okay type of thing so they out here eating pork getting tattoos having premarital sex ain't marrying nobody abandoning homes and stuff like that and so it, it's one of those type of things where it's kind of like. Religion does serve a purpose, but because they layer it with misogynistic stuff in there, ah, that that that's the nuance that I have to deal with. But he said, "Lean into Christ, y'all." He said, "Lean into Christ." <sighs> but lean into Christ because Black Americans are very religious. They don't talk about it the same way the Republican Party talks about it. It's a little bit of a cultural difference. But the Republicans should really lean into that. And then lastly, focus on marriage and home ownership. Combining marriage. Woo! Y'all. Oh, my gosh. Nah. Black men are definitely not going to take this one. He said, what? Marriage and home ownership? Listen. Black men are going to flip their shit on this one because women out here buying homes, single women are out here buying homes. And that's the first thing they'll tell you, like, why you want to buy a home for yourself or why are you going to be selfish? Did he say to focus on home ownership? Did he say that? Did he say to focus on homes, uh, um, being in the families? What? Oh. Oh. Christ. Because black Americans are very religious. They don't talk about it the same way the Republican Party talks about it. It's a little bit of a cultural difference. But the Republicans should really lean into that. And then lastly, focus on marriage and home ownership. Combining marriage and home ownership? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me tell you what's going to happen. So they are absolutely, you know, this is one of those things where you can't win for trying because... They don't want you to vote Democratic. They don't want you to vote Republican. They don't want you to vote in your best interest. You know, and then if you flip over to the Republican side and then continue to have these conversations about the importance of marriage and not abandoning the homes and building home ownership so that you can have legacy. Listen, these white people don't have to tell them that. They don't. I've talked about this before. Like... Sometimes I really do understand why these white people out here just eat their porridge and just stay in their corner. 
Because it's like... Of all places on Fox News, telling y'all to get married, buy those homes, move out of Blackistan, move out of the projects, practice your Second Amendment rights. Right? Oh my gosh. This, this, this. Mm. Marriage with home ownership, that creates wealth. And that those two concepts are the main concepts from. I would say this. Any black woman that knows how my voice, and I have to nuance this too because I was listening to one of my favorite content creators, one of my OG content creators, and she was saying that she's careful not to necessarily talk about divestment because she's not going to tell black women to just date white men. And I think that that's a healthy stance that I want to incorporate too because when I talk about it, it just so happens that if I'm going to prefer out, I actually do find white men attractive, but are also Hispanic. Um, not so much Asian because they're, I'm tall and they're usually short, you know, um, type of a thing. And so, but, and so because of that, I do talk about white, white males a lot, but I think that she has a good point that you still have to have your standards, boundaries, and expectations. So I'm talking about Cynthia G there. Um, and so you need to have that regardless of whatever, um, you decide to marry. So with that being said, um, as he's talking about marriage and how it builds wealth and home ownership, black women continue to buy your homes, even if you're single. And if you're going to get married, explore healthier options. And again, I, I'm learning to be so responsible with my um, with my messaging, I feel like, too. So, you know, the more you understand me and I make sure that you understand where I'm coming from, then you can make better decisions. Because, like I said, that's kind of my preference. But if you, you know, are, are open to other things, make sure that they have those family values, that they're going to treat you well, so on and so forth. And for those of you who choose to stay single, because I prefer to give you more options than to be more dogma dogmatic and be like, straight and narrow is the way and there's only one way, right? And most of it is probably because I grew up in a Christian church, so very orthodox, very strict. My parents were very strict. So I kind of move away from that and I give you options. And so if you do want to remain single, go still go out and get your home. Still go out and buy your, your home and type of stuff and move out of the out of those inner cities. So wealth creation in this country. That is the Jesse Waters Black Outreach Plan, and I encourage everybody to follow it. Oh, you want me to do the Asian one too? Yeah. 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 No, we don't have time. Well, that was interesting, and he said, "Well, how is that different than the white one?" And at the end of the day, what if we all need the same thing too, right? What if all of us, under the sound of my voice, you know? The healthier, high vibrational, because I, I, like I you know, even when I was talking about the Hispanic people earlier, I've seen both sides. I have Hispanic friends that are, are really good friends and um, tech, they're like part of my family. In some cases, some of my cousins married out. One of my aunts, one of the first <laughs> interracial marriages that I um, came across, like from an early, early age, I remember from seven, age seven. So she's married to this Puerto Rican guy. But he's Hispanic. He's Hispanic. So, but, um, and yeah, 
you know, um, type of thing. So I've seen both sides, but I think when it comes specifically to illegal immigration, that's a whole other different. I think that if I was an illegal immigrant, I would be offended that that's, that represents that we're allowing that to represent. Like, I think you would be in this difficult position where you kind of have to speak out against the, the lower vibrational stuff, because at the end of the day, if you're breaking the law, like, I don't think you should be breaking the law. But anyways, back to this tangent. So yeah, the, the other guy asked him like, well, isn't that the same as like the white plan? Yeah, it's the same for everyone. Get your education, build wealth, whether it's through homeownership and or marriage, get your education. Um, yeah. And he said, this is a Jesse Waters. I don't know who is Jesse Waters. Let me just look at him up real quick. Please, dear Lord Jesus, don't let it be some crazy person. Oh. Hmm. I guess is he kind of like a... Oh, he's Jesse Waters. <laughs> I told y'all I don't know this guy from Adam or Steve. Like... Okay, okay, this is so funny. If you get a chance to watch the video, <laughs> he was talking about himself in the third person, y'all. That's hilarious. So when they asked him what the Jesse Waters plan is, this is so funny. I'm going to go back to the top and let him speak in entirety. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He was talking about himself in the third par party. So when he's talking about the Jesse Waters plan, this is his plan, right? Here we go, from the top. Set up for Glenn Youngkin to jump into this race. Not that. Republicans need to reach out to blacks more. They need to reach out to Hispanics more and Asians more. Would you like to hear the Jesse Waters black outreach plan? Let me oh, write this down. Please, yes. <laughs> I'm gonna write this down. Go for it. Number one, the Republican Party has to remind everyone that the Republican Party fought to free the slaves. That tells the truth about the history of this country, and it puts the Democrats in a very awkward position. I would encourage black Americans to leave the cities. These cities, the air is not clean, the quarters are cramped, there's crime. Get some fresh air. You can go to Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, Colorado. You could get cheap land, you get a beautiful house, and what comes with that I'll tell you what comes with that. Better health. You're walking, you're outside, it's cleaner, you, you know, there's no violence around there, and better schools are out there. You're not in these inner city public schools. You also have access to guns. They won't let you have a gun in Philly, they won't let you have a gun in New York. It's almost impossible to do that so you can exercise your Second Amendment. And then you hit the schools, obviously, school choice. But lean into Christ, because Black Americans are very religious. They don't talk about it the same way the Republican Party talks about it. It's a little bit of a cultural difference. But the Republicans should really lean into that. And then lastly, focus on marriage and home ownership. Combining marriage with home ownership, that creates wealth. And that those two concepts are the main concepts for wealth creation in this country. Mm -hmm. That is the Jesse Waters Black Outreach Plan, and I encourage everybody <laughs> from the to white follow outreach? it. <laughs> <laughs> How does that differ from the White House? Oh, you want me to do the Asian one, too? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, we don't have time. Okay, I'll do it next block. Lay off the Asians, Jesse. <laughs> you know, Greg, the, the, the Northwest Evaluation Association found that the average student needs about, you know, four months, four and a half months of additional time for math, and another four 
support for uh, reading. How do we resolve this problem? I mean, people can... So she said they need another four and a half months of reading. Um, Yeah, those summer months, that's when the parent is supposed to be spending that time. I think that parents just kind of feel like you birth them and you just put food on the table and close them and that's it. No, it's, it's a responsibility. It is absolutely a responsibility. You make sure that you put them in summer school, you put them in summer camp, you continue to have them doing their homework assignments. And I remember my mom got us packets in the summer and we had to do those packets in the summer and turn them in. And I had to practice my writing, reading, write, writing and arithmetic. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But that being said, both of my parents were teachers. So yeah. Move from party to party, but it's, the, the kids are still suffering. It, it, first, I, the, the interesting thing here is you notice when anybody's ever leaving something, whether it's political or it's uh, cultural or media driven or whatever, it's always from the left to the right. It's people that said this has gone too far. No one ever goes, hey, I'm going to go over there because they got great ideas. Although the media may, wants you to believe that our culture is more left than it is. It's not. It's not. And what you're seeing is people that are finally saying enough to your question, uh, what what to do. I don't think you can do anything that Jesse uh, uh, so eloquently said. said, so eloquently said. He really is our leading African-American <laughs> historian. Um, but, um, you know, at, under the one percent rule uh, that he is under one percent black, I believe. Point one percent. Point one percent. But the, but the thing is, <laughs> what? Wait, I, I thought I heard something slick here. These assholes. Let me go back to what he said. Jin, uh, what what to do? I don't think you can do anything that Jesse uh, uh, so eloquently said. said. So eloquently said. He really is our leading African American <laughs> historian. Um, but um, you know, at, under the one percent rule, uh, that he is under one percent black, I believe. Point one percent. Point one percent. But the but the thing is. Oh my gosh, he's claiming the point one percent black. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. What is this world coming to? <laughs> Speaking of affirmative action, is this how he got his job? Probably like this is this is he like a minority hire? What the? Is <laughs> a few years ago we said all these major ills in our society in general comes from one major problem, and it's K through twelve. So you can't talk about marriage, and you can't talk about kids, and you can't talk about hair weaving, makeup drugs and you can't talk about racial conflict or crime unwed pregnancy you you can't talk about that stuff until you what you can't talk about unwed pregnancy sir sir what they're going to crucify you what you mean you can't talk about unwed pregnant but you mean you can't talk about hair weaving makeup sir black i believe point one point one percent but the but the thing is a few years ago we said all these major ills in our society in general comes from one major problem and it's k through 12 so you can't talk about marriage and you can't talk about kids and you can't talk about drugs and you can't talk about racial conflict or crime unwed pregnancy you you can't talk about that stuff until you fix that one thing at the top you fix education at the hmm. start and you end up with an amazing rebirth of society that affects... Now, this is interesting. I don't have enough time to unpack it. Um, there's like two or three more minutes left, so I'm trying to let it go because my podcast cuts off at 60 minutes, and I usually don't like to make these too long or past 60 minutes. But that is deep. He's talking about... Because even, like, it's easy for us, for me, to even get sucked into that. So 
But can I agree that maybe we need to focus more on the kids and our future generations in that K through 12? And what would that mean for my language moving forward? Right? That, 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 this is going to sit with me for a long time. All of these, but that also threatens the status quo. And the rent seekers who rely on a broken system to make money. I mean, the fact is, if society, if we live in a society where all these problems go away, you don't need the five. We go away, too. But we would want that to happen in exchange for utopian society. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. You speak for yourself. I know, exactly. <laughs> but we allow for choice in everything. But here, and I think it's because it is so scary if you change the design of this system you no longer create the product that does what you say. Mm. Uh, the desired outcome is, 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 even though somebody might be a criminal or outside the status quo or whatever, they're still a dependent on government. Uh, do you think a, a, a young black kid leaving a high school that prides itself on math and English and responsibility and self-discipline and manners would spend one minute copying a TikTok video that, you know, asks you to risk your life or participate. And actually he's mistaken. And I've talked about this before too. And so these are the nuances because this is what you would hope, but I'm telling you firsthand, I've talked about this before. I could give you several cases and I, I even went so far as to do the math. The private school I went to, you're looking at at least private Christian school was at least 10,000 a year. So if you're spending K through 12, I, I said 180,000, but obviously it would probably be closer to like a hundred and closer to like a uh, hundred and twenty thousand. It'd be closer to a hundred and twenty thousand if you do first grade to to 12th grade. Right. And these people, you would never know that you invested 120000 worth of putting them into a Christian education because they still got locked up. They still ended up being dope fiends, strippers, you know, type of thing, drug dealers. Um, and in the black community, I don't know what it is. You can have them grow up in the suburbs. You can have them grow up in a two-parent home, and it means absolutely nothing. It means absolutely nothing. I've seen this firsthand, you know, not a lot of people talk about that, but that's what he would hope. He's thinking like, well, if we funnel all of these things into them, um, one of the Dave Chappelle, I played a soundbite of him and he's like, you know, I grew up in a, in a middle-class two parent home and the way that they glorify these, I think he said he was talking to 50 cent and they were glorifying, um, the, the hood life. And he's like, I really wanted to buy in on it. It sounded so appealing, but I, I'm telling you firsthand, I have seen it, you know, so mm, I don't know. Let me go back a little bit so you can hear what he says. Uh, a, a young black kid leaving a high school that prides itself on math and English and responsibility and self-discipline and manners would spend one minute copying a TikTok video that, you know, asks you to risk your life or participate in smash and grab. No. They got better values. They got they got self-confidence. They don't need that stuff. And it goes. And, and so I think we have to, to tackle that. The concept of the of being a teacher has always been selflessness. It's called a vocation. Right. That's why we adored them when we were kids. We loved our teachers. They were like the closest thing outside your family who you loved and you trusted. And then what happened was teachers unions put the needs of what you said, put the needs of the teacher over the needs of the student. So the vocation kind of changed. And then and I don't know how much I agree about that. I'd have to look it up too, because I think that teachers are human beings. Both my parents were teachers and they should have rights. And I'm glad my dad retired when he did, because I'm not going to have my kids in there with your big headed kids acting a fool. Absolutely not. 
<laughs> Absolutely not. Especially when the apple don't fall far from the tree and you're sending your big-headed kids to be bandits and they're sons of bandits anyways. Like, <laughs> You erase this otherworldly aura, aura of the teacher and it's replaced by this whiny, gross uh, grievance machinery that the unions represent. And I think that's where it's got to... I don't know how I feel. I don't, well, I know how I feel about that. I disagree because I think teachers are underpaid. I think they're grossly, severely underpaid. And it's right up there with defunding the police. We've defunded our teachers. And um, it's to the point where if you if teachers can figure out how to just trade and do stocks or do other things that bring them more income, they're not going to want to go into these schools and jeopardize their life. Just this past year, I couldn't tell you how many teachers have been put in a concussion, shot at, had their legs broken, attacked, stabbed, you know, by, by students. Absolutely not. So I don't agree with him on that. How to change. Choice, get these, get these kids away from these unions, get these teachers out of these unions, back to the days when the, kid, when the teachers were like something revered. But, we had to do a better job. But, but have we lost these kids? Probably. Which is fine with me. I'm getting old. <laughs> I don't go out at all. I don't need to see the kids. Uh, okay. You know, I stay in inside, well armed. Okay. I want to Brian kill me. I want you to. He me said, "Pull up, though." <laughs> all right, y'all. So I hope you kind of enjoyed that. You kind of heard, got to hear a little bit of where I stand on things. You definitely want to come back to my next podcast. I'm gonna just work on the intro, um, and it's talking about the left-handed white male. Um, and some things I have found, um, out and I, it was late last night and I was kind of still a little bit sleepy, but I'm gonna do the intro. And then if you want to go, you know, at your own due risk, then, you know, it is a little bit provocative, but I will work on the intro and then go ahead and upload that. And I still need to do my trades for tonight. Ah, uh, okay. Right, Bruno? I think he's ready for bedtime. Bruno. <sighs> Let me see. It's too early. You want bedtime? No. <laughs> yeah, it's too early. Okay. I will talk to y'all later. Until the next time. Bye.